Hey, what's up, worship leaders, pastors, friends? Brandon Dempsey here, Worship Team Training. Welcome back to another episode of Straight Talk. And I got some news for you. This is going to be some really great stuff coming down the pike that we have for you, besides the brand new podcast that we're working on right now for Worship Team Training. As you know, we've been doing these smaller, short episodes called Straight Talk. And Straight Talk is where we pull away the fluff, the music, the noise, the laughter, and we just get straight to it, straight talk. I want to be introducing to you a new set of episodes and a new channel, if you will, here on Worship Team Training Podcast entitled Confessions of a Worship Leader. Now, some of you have been already following us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, There's a lot of people here on Facebook right now just following us. And um, your messages to me have been uh, very, very kind. Uh, You've been asking me to share about my crazy stories and heartbreaking experiences in ministry. And that's exactly where Confessions of a Worship Leader came from. Just to give you a little bit of backstory, and I hope that you join the page. The page is on Instagram and Facebook. Basically, throughout my teaching of many years, I've been asked to share these just ridiculous things that happen in a church in my teaching. And as I've been doing that, people have been asking me, well, hey, can you write more? Can you do a video on this? Can you speak about that? And eventually this led to a a publisher that we're working with right now had asked me, hey, would you go ahead now put this together in a book? So that's what we're presently on. It's a work in progress. It's going to take a while. Uh, I have a newer book that's coming out that's just ahead of it. So I'll give more details about that later. But this Confessions of a Worship Leader piece has been dear to my heart because I see a lot of great friends and uh, awesome worship leaders on the Facebook pages of like Worship Leaders Plus, Worship Leader Collective, and uh, you guys have been so fantastic, the guys who are running these sites. So thanks so much for what you do in and and every day to encourage worship leaders and teams. And a big shout out to Harry Walls, who's one of our moderators over at Worship Leaders Plus and the whole gang that helped keep that site running as well. So I wanted to share uh, what's happening now, and we're going to be transitioning uh, the next few episodes and then turn this into a full-fledged channel of Confessions of a Worship Leader, and that would just be my stories to share with you. And I'd love to hear back from you, so PM me about maybe your crazy stories. Uh, I would love, if by your permission, to either address them um, either publicly or privately. It's up to you. But without further ado, I want to go ahead and get to this excerpt of what I did on Confessions of a Worship Leader Facebook page just about a couple of days ago. Uh, Actually, yesterday. I'm I'm losing my train of thought. Uh, It's Friday. So anyway, yeah, squirrel. I know. I get it. Anyway, I hope that you enjoy. So um, uh, be looking out for the next few episodes on Confessions of a Worship Leader. And here we go. Enjoy. Today we're talking about negative voices. That's right. Negative voices, negative people in your church who stare at you when they're not really worshiping, but they rather are judging you while you're leading worship. They also, they're the same people who tell you about how to do your job because they know it better than you, or maybe you're not doing your job, or you shouldn't be doing your job. These are the same people and same voices that come to you questioning you about your calling as a worship leader, or maybe they don't say it, but they imply it, and you walk home thinking Maybe I should change, and maybe this is not a calling from God. I'm here to tell you those things are true because you experience them and they're real, but what they say is true, 
Well, no, what they say is a lie that's false is not true. <laughs> so simply, there's a lot of social feeds that you're reading um, going around talking about how to handle conflict and what to do about pastors and stuff like that. But I find it helpful for people to really talk about their experiences and also to remind them of, about their call and not just give this Sunday school type wishy-washy encouragement, but you know, but to really give you some um, hard, bare-bone facts and about ministry and the real truth, the real dirty side of it, because ministry is very dirty. It's very hard. It's uh, it's not for the faint. So if you've been, I don't know where you are, if you've been leading worship for a long time, or maybe this is a short time in your life, you've only been doing this a few months, I think for everybody, they can wrap their understanding around the fact that you're dealing with people, and it is, it is a messy way of doing ministry. Uh, that's what ministry is. When you look at the way Jesus walked the earth and how the people he encountered along his way in his ministry, it was dirty. We don't like to really look at it because we think, oh, this is what I learned in Sunday school. And oh, Jesus was just happy, smiling all the time. No, uh, the dude, uh, sorry, Jesus in the sense, when I say dude, um, God turned over tables. He had words to say to the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and everybody else who had wanted to tell him that he was wrong. Question his calling. Question where he came from, right? Question about the job that he was doing, right? I mean, you know, the same things that you and I experienced in the church is the same thing that Christ himself experienced. But when you think on it, think on it at a larger level, of course, Christ went to the depths that we didn't have to. That's our, that's our saving grace, is that we have a Savior that loves us who went to the bottom for us so that we didn't have to. So not to make light of our situation and not to minimize it, because what we go through here on earth is pretty bad. However, we have hope in Christ, right, uh, from those who have victimized us or abused us or uh, damaged us or deterred our name, um, brought us to the mud, uh, whatever. So I'm just calling it out because I don't know where you are in your walk and what's happened to you. But these are things that I've just mentioned that have happened to me. I've had, you know, elders come up to me, say, Brandon, put their hand on my shoulder right before I go in to lead worship. Today's a great day for you to resign. Or, hey, Brandon, I don't think we need you anymore. This is after worship service. Hey, Brandon, I think we're doing fine on our own and maybe we need to go somewhere else. I mean, it's just, it's just incredible. Um, or you're not connecting enough, or you're worship leading, you know, we looked at it, and it just seems like it's a little off. Like, you know, I don't think folks are really following you. It's it's just ridiculous about the number of statements and comments that people come up with. And then at the same time, they question your spirituality. They question your ability to lead worship. They question your calling. They even question your own personality, your own personhood, your family. And they try to find something wrong with you. Now, maybe you don't have this in your church, and that's awesome. Let me just tell you, you are blessed if you don't if you can 100% with a clear mind and clear head surely say that none of these things happen to you. Let me just tell you, you are blessed, you are above the norm and you are in the less than 1% because every worship leader I know has had something. And maybe right now you're like thinking, "Oh yeah, well, uh, I did have this one time about a year." Okay, well then you've already had it. Okay? So I think that most of us can benefit from each other's stories, right? And that's the very reason why I wanted to create this site, 
and share you with mine. But about negative voices and negative people in the church, let me just first say, when you're in ministry, you sign up for it, plain and simple. I don't mean that you sign up to be with negative people. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that when you sign up for this ministry to do and you agree with God and say, all right, God, I'm going to follow you in this calling and this is it, I'm going to do it, just know it's going to come with the whole territory of people that have the negative voices, people who have the negative um, comments to say and their judgments and everything about it. So that is something that you have to learn to work through and you get better the more that you do it and you get tougher and thicker skin, but you also develop more of a gentle heart. And I think that's the trouble that I had. I went in going with more of a gentle heart and not tough skin thinking, oh, everybody is meaning well and this is a church and it's all holy and good. Man, far from it, uh, from the people who are evil because there are evil people in the church. I mean, look, if you question me and say no, read your Bible. Go through Luke and read about how many people confronted Jesus calling him teacher, right? And then saying, questioning him and challenging him with the things that he's doing that are not lawful according to their law, right? You'll see it. So how do we live and operate among negative voices? How do we assure ourselves that maybe, just maybe, they're wrong? And the big maybe that God is more right, correct? So here's some things I just want to share with you. And these are some points that I've gone through in my life that have helped me, and I still go through them. Because you get people that say, look, you're not as skilled, look, you're not as equipped, look, you're maybe not even unqualified, I mean, you're, you're, you're not qualified, uh, maybe you're unconnected to what's happening here, and you get all these crazy things, but I just want to remind you of those same points. Number one, you are never as unskilled as you think you are. That's right, you are never as unskilled as you think you are. You may know a little a bit of guitar. You hardly may know anything about vocals or keyboarding. Or maybe you've been doing it for, I don't know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, and you're an expert. But there's always that side of us that say, yeah, but, when you walk away from the service, or yeah, but, when the song didn't go over well. And it's always that unskilled sector that goes off in your mind. Maybe it's because I'm not. Well, maybe it's because you are. And the fact that you feel the way that you do just makes you more in tune with your weaknesses. And that's a good thing, right? You want to be in tune with your weaknesses so that you can make them stronger. Second point, you're never as unequipped as you think you are. So a lot of people think, well, maybe I'm not as equipped to handle dealing with people. That's a huge one. They've never taught me that when I led worship that I had to actually deal with people the ones that I'm leading and singing, now I'm having to engage them in speaking. How do you do that? Especially when they come to you with a beef, songs they don't like, or you didn't put their daughter on the worship team, or um, whatever the excuse may be for them just to hurl insults or anger or because they got mad at last night's dinner and you're now the victim today. You are equipped to handle more than what you realize. Why? Because number one, we have, as I was already mentioned before, God's scriptures and truth that remind us that we do have hope in God, that God is our victory, and that we read through the pages of scripture that reminds us that it's all about people, and so are we. We were the same people, right? We still are those same people that we have to deal with. 
So you are equipped, you can handle it, just little small relational chunks at a time. And if you have a good pastor to lean on, they can help you with that. They can help you deal with the people side, the ugly side. If your pastor is not that way, then find somebody else outside the church who is somebody that you trust who's been in ministry. Maybe they're another pastor. Maybe they're another worship leader. Bounce things off. Me included. PM me right here. Third point, you're never as unqualified as you think you are. God has qualified you for the blessing and the territory of leading worship and leading people. If not, you wouldn't be watching this. You wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be doing the things that you're doing right now. And it's only because you know God has qualified you because he's called you. God never, what is it? God never calls the qualified. He qualifies the called. And I take that very seriously in my life because this got me through mountains and many floods so that I can realize that my calling is in Christ. He's the one who signs my paycheck if I'm paid by a church. He's the one that validates me if I'm a volunteer because he's qualified me already. And if he's qualified me already, I am equipped, I am skilled, I can do these things. Lastly, you never, as, you never are as unconnected as you think you are. Basically, you are connected by leading the people. You are connected because they're the ones that come to you. Even if they come to you with a complaint, they still come to you, right? I mean, isn't that interesting that maybe you don't think that they don't like you or they're after you, but they come to you anyway. They come to you anyway because there is something about them that makes it a hardship. And like I said at the beginning of this video, it just so happens we have the, the target painted on our back or on the front. We signed up for it. Um, but I found a lot of ministry that has happened when people break down, when people realize that, hey, you know what, I, I shouldn't have come to... Brandon on this one point because, you know, he, he really does do a good job of connecting with people and I had a problem. If that hasn't happened yet, pray for it and it will. Get down and understand your people. Um, understand uh, who they are. Understand, you know, you, the thing is what I've realized is that 90% of the time in ministry, when people come to you with a complaint or a problem, it has nothing to do with you. It doesn't. It has some selfish need within them, some unresolved issue with their mommy or daddy, or maybe they're not getting their way from the church or the pastor and they just want to take it out on you. Or maybe there's something spiritual going on. And I've had many people ask me all the time, well, why did you do that song? And I just say to them, well, were you worshiping in that song? Well, no, because I didn't like the song. Well, and then you look at them and say, you know what? What's always helped me is that I spend my time with God and no matter what song I sing, I'm going to worship because God is spirit and a truth. And if he is those two things, and he is, then I can worship no matter what song it is. Um, those are some things that you can kind of speak, little ministry set points that you can put into people. And then they walk away going, wow, you know, I really was going to get on Brandon, but he really made me think about my own worship and spirituality. So try it. If you want more, PM me and I'll give you some more ideas. But here's what I got to say is that you need to stop letting people stand in your way and the way that God has called you. You need to stop letting people tell you what they think God has called you to and stop letting people say, thus says the Lord, when really they have no clue what God really has told your heart, right? They don't know. They don't know the prayers you pray. They don't know what you receive back from God. They don't know how you see the word or what you interpret from scripture and 
how that works together with your spirit of God that's within you. Think about the way that God helped you overcome the past. That's what I always bank on. When I go through a struggle about negative voices or negative people, I always think to, okay, how did I get through this the last time? <laughs> and what did God do in those times to get, move me through it? What did I learn about it? So then, therefore, what can I do in this moment? So, bottom line is this. God has already defined your future, no matter what. You don't need to question that. Other people may. But that's something that you don't have to because God's already figured it out. So to them, it is a worry. Let it be a worry for them. They need to be that way for you. Guys, I love you. Thanks so much for hanging with me here on Confessions of a Worship Leader. I hope that this message meant something to you. And again, PM me right here on um, either Facebook or Instagram, Twitter, and let me know what's up. I'd love to help you. And uh, I look forward to seeing you back next time here. So thanks. Love you. Bye.